Tony Marshall strikes again as Sari gets a taste of Yorkshire's finest, but it's Jose that's eating Yorkshire humble pie. Welcome back. It's the 23rd of October 2018. As the Iceman always loves me to comment, it's Champions League night. Ronaldo returns to Old Trafford and the Iceman returns to the podcast. Welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, Champions League night. We'll try not to mention that too many times. No, not too often. I mean, obviously, a big, big return to Old Trafford for Ronaldo. What do you think about that Iceman in detail? No, no, not really. Don't. <laughs> um, so, when I say return to the podcast, obviously, you never went away. How has your week been, Iceman? The week, yeah, it's not too bad. A nice weekend, played football. We lost, so that wasn't good, but, you know, we win some. How many, some. If I'd have put my captain chip on you, what would I have scored? He would have scored a two. Four points. That's disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Okay. Well, we are joined again by, by a great guest hailing all the way from Norway. Uh, we've got Stefan, also known as Hogsrud. He is a top 2K finisher from last year. He's in the top 3K this year. The goal is, is 1K. So he's a high flyer indeed. Stefan, great to have you on board. Thanks very much. Although I'm not 3K, I'm 23K at the moment, but Sorry. <laughs> soon, soon get to 3K, I guess. Error, that's, uh, Error. That, that's how good my connection is. I heard three, <laughs> it should have been 23, so I've set yeah. it up horribly. Um, sounds better. Yeah, well, at least, at least you're shooting as a high flyer for the top 1K. Um, tell us a bit about your, your love of FPL, how you got into it, and, and how you've done. Yeah, I think you guys are a bit of the reason for why I got into it. I, I think I was one of the first listeners of your pod, and um, it's all taken off from there. A couple of years ago, I got to know some real good Norwegian players, and after that, I've been just catching all the info I can get on FPL and using a lot of time on it, and I aim to, to win my mini-leagues, and to do that, I have to get a really high overall rank, since Norway is a crazy FPL country. So to do well, you, you really need to do really, really, really well. And right now I'm getting ready for snow and winter season. It's going to snow in Norway soon, so that means more time for FPL. I was going to say, does, does that mean you're just like trapped indoors, uh, just making decisions about your transfers? Uh, it depends on how much snow I want to shovel, but uh, <laughs> if I don't shovel enough, I will be trapped indoors, yeah. <laughs> nice. Outstanding. I love my, uh, my attitude to Norway, which just assumes when it snows, the whole country shuts down. It's, uh, it's not like the Isle of Wight where that genuinely happens. Um, but no, Norway, a, a top performing FPL nation. I wonder if we did an intonation tournament of, uh, top FPL players who would come out on top. Norway sounds like they'd be up there. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of listeners from Norway. They seem to be right, right at the top of our country listens for this year. You could say they're right up there. They're right up there. Well, Iceman, we should do a tour of Norway, maybe. Oh yeah, that would be cheap. Is that in the in the budget? Can we go out there, maybe record a live episode, have a, have a tour around? We'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> Let's use your money and see how it goes. That's it. Well, actually, if you'd like to support the podcast, speaking of that, uh, <laughs> to uh, be able to fund such trips to Norway or just indeed to, to help us to run things and improve the quality of what we put out, we're always looking for people to support us through Patreon. If you want to get involved with that, you can sign up and sponsor us at various different levels. The upper levels of sponsorship will get you access to our Slack channel where you get access to all of our guests and also some top finishers, people finish that regularly in the top 10k. Um, it's our own little, uh, I suppose, FPL community on there, Iceman. It is. It's great. I do love dipping in and out there every day. Yeah, so you get the uh, the benefit of the Iceman's tactical wisdom. But it, it, again, any support goes towards sort of making the pod better. So thank you for those that are supporting us already and greatly appreciate any further support that we get. All funds are also put towards our monthly prizes in the group. Um, so if you sign up, you get a chance to win the hallowed FPL surgery placemat, which is going to be perfect for your caffeine driven decision making of a saturday morning or your beer drinking swilling celebrating or bemoaning your fpl weekend the perfect item to place said cups or pint glasses on so get involved with us on there i spent i believe it's patreon.com forward slash we've changed it to fpl surgery haven't we fpl surgery yeah 
Beautiful. Okay. So let's get involved, lads, with our team chat. First of all, let's see how we got on this week and what our thinking was as to why we picked said teams. First of all, Iceman, let me come to you. How did you do? Well, yeah, I played my wild card, so loads of changes to my team. I went very template. My one decision, which I was uh, mulling over for quite a while, which I, I talked to Stefan about, actually, was whether to go Kennedy at 4.9 or Murphy from Cardiff at 4.8. And I looked at the stats regarding Newcastle and Cardiff. Newcastle right at the bottom for all shooting stats. Murphy seems to get a lot further forward than Kennedy. So I went for Murphy. Luckily, uh, he came in for Trent Alexander-Arnold, nice. who got benched again. So he is now my worry. But obviously, I cut some Negreiro. So 48, so I'm actually up to 37k overall now so yeah doing well now nice okay and Stefan how did you get on yeah I also have a bit of the same template team and I am my one transfer was to take Kane out of the team and get Aguero back in Uh, Kane was in for one week I did a hokey cokey and uh, Captain Aguero and other than that I didn't have much I had Salah and Robertson Mitrovic got an assist but other than that only blank so I ended up on 41 points. Luckily, Ricardo Pereira went off yesterday before he got minus points. So that yeah. gave me a big, uh, a nice zero. <laughs> actually, very, very happy when he went off at 3-1 there. Uh, so that, uh, he's, he's my problem at the moment. I think Leicester's terrible. Just terrible. Uh, they've, so, they've got some, ni- they've got some nice fixtures though, haven't they coming up? Yeah, but they can't keep, keep, uh, keep a clean sheet and, I'm not even sure Pereira will play uh, anymore because he looked bad, he got taken off early and uh, not good. Interesting one. Yeah, well, um, we'll we'll ponder them a little bit more later. Yeah, so um, I I didn't do too much better. I was one point above the the average of 43, so I got 44. My main tactical decisions last week were whether to play the informed Patricio and Bennett double in defence for Wolves or to double up on Liverpool with Allison and Robertson. In the end, I thought, I'm not sure if Wolves can keep a clean sheet for another game. And I thought Liverpool was a banker against Huddersfield. So I went that way and it was fortunate I did because Allison and Robertson were my, my two biggest scorers uh, with Bennett coming in with zero. I was looking at my midfield and I thought Bernardo Silva would still be the one that seems to get all the minutes for City. So I was pleased that he he scored well, um, although I was gutted because he was taken off at 57 minutes. So he didn't get his clean sheet bonus. He oh. didn't get his two points for playing, which was a stinker. Um, and then it was the, the important captain choice. And I was torn between Hazard, Lacazette and Aguero. In the end, I bottled it and went Aguero. And it's a good thing I did because he was, out of all of those three, he was the only one that did anything. So I was quite pleased with the decisions that I'd made. I was gutted, though, because um, coming into the Sunday and Monday, I had Richarlison and Lacazette left to play. And I was in the high 30s. So I was hoping for like a 50-point game week. And of course, they both didn't do anything. So a bit disappointed. But still, moved me up a little bit in the rankings. But there we go. And let's move on to our mini league. So top 10 there. Iceman, I've already spotted a team that you'll be particularly interested in. (laughs) So in 10th place, we've got James Smith with FC Smoth. Paul Jones in 9th at Sky Player in FBL. 8th place, we've got Mark Mark Muse and Field of Dreams. 7th place, Hummel Maltogyar. That's Helene Hagemark. Sixth place being on Altovich, Andrew McKinnon. Fifth place, Blank Lacazette Tape, Tom Horner, as he did last night. This is the one Iceman, so Jack Moore, Iceman's Jimmy Riddle. Very nice. (laughs) Uh, Third place, we've got Ian Cooper with Beardsley's Poachies. Second place, Ian Murden with the Murdo 11. And then top place, got Johnny Brosnan, me, myself and I. Third week running, he's held on to that. He's doing really well. He captain Salah this week, so took a little bit of a risk. So. Yeah, he's got a nice uh, team set up for the coming game weeks, though. Yeah, he definitely has. We're just going to uh, introduce a kind of new feature now. We're just going to pick out a random team in our league. And I've picked out Alex Horton, who's currently in 858th place. And just a little advice for him by the looks of it, Zaha has got a go for him and he's got some money in the bank so you can more or less choose who you want to choose but I would go for an Altovich if I was him yeah I think I agree with that Iceman nice pick so um, chaps let's move forward with this podcast which I am disrupting 
uh, as we go. I'm going to go through the headlines for the coming game week as per usual. So uh, the main talking points, Liverpool struggle as we see what might be the start of heavy rotation, a.k.a. Shakiri, a.k.a. Sturridge. Mende and Sane start together as City get even stronger with KDB back. Fulham slump continues and Mitrovic owners should be worried. Lacazette the go-to striker even with some tricky upcoming fixtures question mark. All of those to be answered as we move forward. Now this podcast is going to be predominantly focused on questions. We missed some questions in the last pod so this time we want to give this episode fully to the listeners and the followers. So I suppose, do you want to run us through the questions for the game week? Yeah, so we've so we got loads of questions this week, so thank you listeners, really do thank appreciate you. them. And we've got some questions here regarding template, kind of a wild card. We've got one from Mark at M Bison 22 saying, is the template starting to crack? Maybe we should discuss that a little bit. And we've got at DC underscore Banks here saying, where would you look now for a player outside the typical cookie cutter teams? I'm not really sure on that reference, but I'm assuming he means the common teams or do you stick true and give everyone another week and then uh, we've got Jeff at uh, Vealsley underscore Willis has put I'm on wildcard and if you had to pick one player from each position who would it be and are they essential cheers lads so Pre-pod, I asked Stefan to do a little mini wildcard, which he would do for the rest of the season. So, Stefan, out of that team, on each position, who would you choose for you know must-have essential type players? Uh, I don't think it's essential, but in in goal, I would have started with Fabianski because of his decent fixtures. I think he can keep a lot of clean sheets, and he's always good for save points. But I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with keepers nowadays. You can get by with uh, Fabianski or Patricio, Ryan, Ederson, Ellison. There's a, there's a lot to choose from. So I don't think anyone is essential, but you have a, a lot of them to pick from. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. I mean, like there are a few keepers to go for at the moment. Even Hennessy, you can put in that list, along with Patricio, Ryan and Fabianski. Yeah. At the moment, I've got on my wild card, I went for Patricio and Fabianski. I just see loads of saves come from them. But you could even introduce likes of Edison you know City are still really good in defence and uh, Allison, who are still scoring high Bully any any thoughts on the keepers yeah I'm just looking I mean Liverpool again keeping the clean sheet of the weekend Allison looking very very good um, I don't think that Liverpool defence is going to crack anytime soon if you're already stacked up on Liverpool players though whether it be in midfield and defence I stand by what I said um, a week or so ago around Chelsea's keeper, Kepa. Their next run of fixtures, I think, looks very good. They still, I know they'd let in two against United, but they were two very decent strikes from Anthony Martial. Um, away at Burnley, who are great in front of goal. Away at Palace, who basically don't bother turning up unless Zaha does something. Home against Everton, and, uh, and then away against Tottenham, who... I think Sari could have the measure of. So if you wanted uh, an elite team keeper, I'd say Kepa would be a decent option that you could put in and leave for a fair while. Otherwise, I agree with the initial answer around Fabianski's look great value. Very, very good for save points as well. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So move on to defence. Stephanie, you want to take us off there? Yeah, before the game week nine, I was a bit skeptical of Mendy because I've never seen a team with him and Sonne starting. But that quickly turned around when... He actually started, Pep started both Mendy and Sane, and, uh, and that changes for me. So I think Mendy is becoming quite essential quite fast once again, like it was at the start of the season. Uh, I know Spurs away is a bad fixture, but uh, even there you can get an assist or clean sheet or bonus here. Yeah, I checked and uh, I got sent to me from a friend uh, that Mendy is actually the best defender at baseline bonus of, of all. So he might rack up some bonus points even with a goal or two conceded like he did one, once this year. Yeah, and for it, me, it, it it has to be Mendy for me. Yeah, it does show in City they're just the best for XG against and the lowest for goals conceded with three with Liverpool. So... Yeah, I can, t- I can totally see why. It's just, I've always, I mean, on the wildcard, I was just worried about the, the Mendy and the Sane thing. I mean, you've still got the likes of Delft to come in at left back as well. So that could still happen. But, uh, you know, with this Champions League, you would think that, you know, Mendy played tonight, Sane didn't. Who knows? Maybe Sane's going to play. You, you're going to have that every week. And that's just my concern with yeah. that one. My, uh, my nailed on and kind of essential, I would almost call him essential. It was probably Robertson. 
But you've almost got the same argument with this, with the fact that he is probably going to start tomorrow night, and Klopp is renowned for rotating. Has said before that um, he could rotate and actually start maybe Moreno against Cardiff in the next game. So I don't think there is really anyone essential. If there's anyone close, then we Robertson. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think um, it's not going to be anything new to people. Um, Alonso, I know he's seven million, but I'm a real fan of this Chelsea side at the moment. I mean, in um, he's played every minute of every game this season, Alonso. He's already got four clean sheets, five assists, one goal. Still flying forward over the weekend. I think it's with that run of fixtures. And I think the fact that Chelsea, for the first time, there's no Chelsea striker you would automatically turn to. The main one in midfield is Hazard. And then people will be sort of tossing a coin on players like William, maybe Pedro. Iceman, I know you were talking about Luis, but I just think he is the obvious one to have from Chelsea. And he's less injury prone than Mendy. So to be honest, if you can have both of those in your team, I would definitely do it. But I would offer him. The other one to think about is offering really good value is Laporte at City. So he's 0.5 cheaper than Mendy. So the, the, the argument I would make here is that I think there's at least 10 City midfielders now in rotation. So it's re- we saw with Sterling, didn't we, over the weekend, didn't get a single minute after that great performance for England in his form. So some people, if you were looking at nailed players for City, you could even go Mendy, Laporte and Aguero up top. Yeah, uh, as a potential option, Laporte. Uh, I know you'll hate saying this, Ice Man, but he scored in the Champions League tonight. <laughs> he's not a bonus points magnet by any means, but he's got six clean sheets in the nine games he's played this season. I think he's nailed for City, and he's a little bit cheaper than Mendy, which would allow you to then get Robertson or an Alonso or, or a Trippier. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Hulkjag, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, the one question mark that remains with Mendy for me is, to me it looks like City played with three defenders or central defenders today in the Champions League. And Mars had a heat map that was uh, almost like a right wing back. Uh, so I guess he played there and, and Mendy more like a left wing back. So if Pep sticks to three at the back, I think maybe he could play Sane on the left wing back and Walker on the right. So he could be prone for rotation even though it's not for Dell. Yeah, see, so. I, I think that is going to happen. I mean, bring, bring it back to Alonso. We did have uh, another question regarding Alonso at FPL underscore Derp has put, is Alonso worth his price? He's had five games now, no returns, but he could have scored if he just could control it the last game. But yeah, I can see why people want to kind of move away from Alonso because he's, that's where all the cash is. He's still getting forward though and you can just see him return and he's got some great fixtures in order to do this as well. So, and he does well against lesser teams. Let's just look at it now. Huddersfield, he gets an assist. Arsenal, where they were still gelling, he gets a goal and an assist. Bournemouth, an assist. And he missed out against Cardiff, but he did create three chances in that game. West Ham, Liverpool and United were all very tough games for him and for Chelsea so that's where he blanked which you would kind of expect him to. He did play against Southampton where he blanked as well but he was still attacking in that game, five crosses, two attempts and just watching him he gets so far forward and it's just exciting to have someone like that in your team and obviously the ownership is now 45.9% uh, which is another reason to why I hang on to him on my wildcard because if he scores big you are kind of going to fall behind. It's as simple as that with Alonso for me. Yeah, he stays for me as well and I think if you if you take him out, there will come a time this season where you want to get him back in. But then you are all, uh, already missing his points because you want to get him back in after he scored a couple of goals or got some assists and, and then it's already too late. So to get his goals, to get his free kicks, to get his assists, you need to have him. You can't, can't yeah. risk taking him out. Yeah, there, I mean, like, there is an argument for Louise. I did kind of mention it last week regarding him. And in the last game, he did have the free efforts on goal. And the Barkley goal actually came from a Louise header but that came off the post. But I checked out the stats on him. I'm, I'm, I was quite impressed with how he was in the box quite a lot in the last game as well. And you also know that Louise is nailed. And compared to Alonso in the last four games, he's actually had a higher BPS. He's had more goal attempts, six to four. And the number of big chances, they, they both had two, but he's had more attempts and set plays as well. Because they both take free kicks, so he's had four and Alonso's had three. So he is still an option at 1.5 million less than Alonso. But I just think if you've got Alonso, hang on to him. 
Okay, so we'll go back to the original question regarding the kind of essential players. Have Stefan, do you want to run us through the midfielder you think has got to yeah. be essential? Yeah, we were not counting Hazard, or is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, who, 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 yeah, whoever you who, who doesn't have him? Didn't ninety nine point five percent of the top ten k or something have him? Oh, did they really? I, I haven't actually checked the stats <laughs> on that one. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think Hazard's the man to have who's essential, then yeah, shout Hazard. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be Hazard if you're gonna mention one. Uh, it's Hazard for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah bully. Yes, it's hard to look past Hazard, isn't it? I mean, 75 points already, leads any other midfielder by 25, leads the league in goals, although Aubameyang's catching him up. Um, and if that <laughs> run of fixtures coming up, Burnley, Palace, Everton, you'd fancy him against Spurs, then Fulham and Wolves. Just, yeah, you can't really look past him, can you, at the moment? Yeah, also his ownership as well, 51.4%. So you, just, yeah, you do think he's a must-have. You really, you really do. So the thing yeah. about Hazard now is, is uh, if you don't captain him and he scores a goal, it means red arrows for you because mm. his effective ownership is over a hundred percent. Anyways, even if you own him, you you get red arrows if he scores. So I think yeah. you at least got to own him. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. Uh, so let's move on to forwards then. Who do you think in that forward line is essential? Billy, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Um, well, convention says Sergio Aguero, but I'm going to pitch an argument for, for Aubameyang at the moment. And I, and I say that because look, Aguero is the obvious answer there, isn't he? But just to make this interesting, Aubameyang isn't even starting every game at the moment. And yet, yeah, he's had less than 60 minutes of football in his last two games. He's got four goals and assist in that time. Arsenal have a, you know, they've been on a good run of fixtures. Palace separated by Liverpool and then Wolves and Bournemouth. He just looks like whenever he comes on, he's dangerous. He also looks like he's got a nice point ceiling as well. He's not someone who's just sort of one goal and out. And he could have scored again yesterday. So I would pitch an argument for him at the moment, just purely because he, he's, he's on form. I think he's, he's one of the best performers in the league since he signed for Arsenal. I know he's a million more expensive than Lacazette, so if you were looking to spread the funds around, but just as a pure pick-one striker, fit them in your team, I think he's a very decent option. I can only see him getting better moving forward. Yeah, the, I'm Plus, the, he's a bit of a differential. He's less than 11% owned. Well, I suppose the, the argument for against that is that doesn't, it hasn't been taking that many shots. Um, the stats aren't amazing. He does play out on the he left. Doesn't need to. Quite a lot. He, he just doesn't need to take. It's, just, it's, it's, it's so, true. It's but, just you, you could. I mean, like from a uh, stats perspective and looking at it as a sustainable kind of solution, he scored five goals from the six attempts he's had in the last four. I mean, it's great stuff, and obviously the uh, percentage for accuracy is really good. But it's whether or not he can sustain it. I mean, like you. You're looking at the fixtures that we've played and they're not exactly hard games and we are approaching some hard games. We've got Liverpool coming up after this Palace game, then Wolves and then Bournemouth, Spurs, Man United. So the argument against that is that whether it's sustainable against the big teams. But he, he's done it against Liverpool for Dortmund, is not he? Before he yeah. signed for it. Yeah, it's not to say he's not going to. It's just that it's, yeah. I don't know, the risk for that I think is, is higher than just going for the likes of Aguero. I think Aguero for me, is definitely the, the striker to have. I, I don't think that he's essential. I feel like you can get away with, with not having them in terms of City and, and going a different route. But Even uh, though he scooped all three bonus points both times he's come on in the in the last 10 minutes. Oh, you're talking about you're going back to Aubameyang? Still I, talking I was, about Aubameyang. I, I was talking yeah, about yeah, it's, it's my final point on him. <laughs> I, I think there is a good argument either way. I, ju- I just think he's, he's a genuine option here. Yeah, no, he is an option. I'm just not sure if it's sustainable. I think there's been uh, an element of Arsenal are just on form, and he seems to be at the end of those goals. So. You want to you want to get yourself an Arsenal fan TV? You negative Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I spent very positive. Just just going back to what I was saying about Aguero is that a lot of people have got them in their teams. There's a reason for it because he's the highest for shots, highest for is he highest for goals for strikers at the moment? No, is it Aubameyang who's highest? Yes, he's he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is the one to have, but I can, I, I think you've got kind of more of an argument of going without him, have you not, Stefan? Going without uh, Aguero, yeah, Aguero. I, I, it, it's it's uh, it's tricky. But since Hazard has become a captaincy option and Salah continues to be a captaincy option, option, and combined with Aguero going off early every single game, it looks like I, I guess you could manage without him. Myself, I, I. I may be scared enough to keep him 
But if I wanted to play optimally and try to get as many points as possible without thinking about ownership, I I think you could get by with uh, Lacazette instead. I think he, he looks real good. He He's hungry for goals. Arsenal is getting better and better. I was a bit skeptical about them a couple of game weeks ago, but uh, they since convinced me. And if Erste starts to fire, he will get great service. So I think you should, could get by with Lacazette and the extra money. That would maybe get uh, an upgrade for Madison to KDB or something. So there are options. Yeah, well, I suppose we had we had a question regarding that as well from at FPL that was just saying to Lacazette or not to Lacazette, and yeah, he could have had a few in the last game as well, and he scored well recently. He didn't get anything in the end, but he had an XG of 0.7 for his one on one, which he should have scored. But he yeah. also mentioned uh, in an interview. He also mentioned in an interview that between him and Aubameyang, he said, "Really, for me, there's no competition. If Aubameyang scores 40 goals and we go to the Champions League and we win something, I will be very happy." So it doesn't sound like he's he's desperate for goals. He's he just wants to win, which is a great trait. And I'm so glad he's playing for Arsenal. But whether that's a an FPL a good thing for FPL, I'm not sure. And another point is, as long as Aubameyang starts on the bench, I guess like I said, there's some penalties, and that counts for a little bit as well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Right. So I'm gonna move it on to the next set of questions we've kind of got now. So there's a big topic here regarding Trent Alexander-Arnold and kind of Liverpool and what to do with TAA. This is kind of a question I'm asking because I've got TAA and I'm not really sure what to do, to be honest. I mean, like the Liverpool defence is kind of hard to predict. They've got uh, TAA, Gomez and Lovren and they're all competing for like two places. They've also got Matip who's not really coming into contention at the moment. The annoying thing is Lovren has just come back and he was, he was their centre back last year and was the main man for Croatia in the World Cup. And we thought that City, the City game was kind of a tactical thing. That's why he put Gomez at right back to take Trent's place. But he's played in that game and he played in the last game against Huddersfield and they've kept a clean sheet in both. And if you looked at the stats on match of the day, he looked really good on that as well. So I can't actually see TAA getting back into the team. I mean, if Trent starts tomorrow, then I think Gomez is is nailed on for Saturday. And Klopp, as I mentioned earlier, Klopp did say that he was going to rotate. And I wouldn't be surprised, as well as I mentioned, if Robertson, if he started tomorrow, whether he will be benched too. So, although we will find out two o'clock what the team is. So, with that Liverpool team, sometimes it is leaked over Twitter. So, there is a chance that you could find out whether Trent is starting before before the game week. So, I'm quite tempted to hold on until the Saturday to see if it does get leaked. But, you know, Anfield Express was the one that was doing it last year. It's not, it's not been happening that often, but you never know. It might just happen. So, Stefan, what are your thoughts on TAA and whether he's going to start? Uh, I think he's gonna be rotated a lot the next month. Uh, I think Klopp had a, had an issue at the beginning of the season where we had a few players coming back from the World Cup and he had some new players and he hadn't, hadn't had time with his team. So he had to play the same guys that knew the system and he had some injuries as well. So we had to drill the same guys. Uh, so now that this period is over and he's got more players to choose from, last season he rotated almost half his players, outfield players, every single game from November, December. So I think almost everyone on April is on the shopping block for rotation and Trent Alexander-Arnold will be likely more rotated than anyone else, also because he has looked quite bad in the last games he played, especially versus Napoli. So uh, he's young and he might need some less time, I guess. So, so, so if, me, you, if I would, you had, uh, him. I, I would, uh, I would move him on. Uh, of course, you can, you can, uh, you should wait until you know the lineup if you get that info. But if it doesn't get, if you don't get anything, I, I think I may have moved, moved him on. Yeah, I think I, I might if I don't get a lineup. Uh, if Liverpool are struggling for goals uh, and starts Gomez, I think Trent also might get the cameo because he's, he's much more attacking and has more crosses and more uh, shots and everything. Gomez is a more defensive kind of guy, so. If Liverpool will struggle for goals, like they have done lately, actually, um, I think he also might come on for a cameo and, and then you don't get your Murphy point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Billy, your thoughts? Yeah, it's a, it's a shame he's moved away from TAA because I thought 
he looks like the nailed on, you know, the, the threat to Walker at England for, for right back. Um, but he just seems to prefer Gomez, doesn't he? Like he's the one that's been playing recently. He's been filling in at right back. So I do agree with what you're saying about waiting for the Saturday. It's not something that I think you need to rush, but I would be concerned about rotation for sure, especially as that Liverpool place could go to someone else in your team. Would you be consider? Would you consider moving away from Liverpool if you took TAA out? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, and does Hector Bellerin interest you at point two more? And again, it sounds like I'm on the Arsenal bandwagon, but just look <laughs> at how he's playing. Point two more, playing like a right winger. Would that be an option for you? I would definitely be for that if I believed in Arsenal's defence because you've you've got to start with your defenders where you think they're going to get clean sheets, and then you've got to look for attacking points. And I still don't think that Arsenal are solid in defence. And as mentioned before, they've got some tough fixtures coming up. I don't think they're going to keep that many clean sheets in the next five or six. So I wouldn't go there. I can see why people would because he seems to get forward. He's more or less playing as a right winger there. And he got the two assists in the last game. He's got a few assists this season. So I can see why people would, but no, not not for me. All right. <laughs> but whether I'm not going for the likes of Lovren or Gomez, I, I just still... Wouldn't quite trust it. I suppose the one to go for there would be Lovren, just based on his history with, with Klopp. And I think Klopp has got a bit of a love fest for him. Uh, and and so, yeah, unfortunately, Lovren, yeah. Lovren does pose a threat from corners as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but so, I've got to say, Liverpool looks worse with Lovren in the team for me. And I think Liverpool have done, uh, haven't had the great defensive performances in the last couple of games in the Premier League. I guess City was okay, but against Southampton and against Huddersfield, they let up a bit too much so yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if that Lovren or anything else but um, they, they didn't play too him. well in the last game either I mean like Milner being back is good for them at least they know that he's back but yeah they, they weren't brilliant just so we had another question here from Adam Gearing who is actually in 15th place in our league at the moment. he's saying sticking with Mane your thoughts and alternatives if he doesn't play in the Champions League tomorrow so that's a tough one, isn't it? Because he could play in in the next game against Cardiff, but whether or not you would trust it or not is is quite difficult. What are your thoughts on that one, Stefan? Uh, he's supposed to be fit, I guess. Uh, he's training, uh, if I remember correctly. So I think he will play tomorrow. The reports say that in the Champions League. Um, you shouldn't sell him before Cardiff, I think. He might play, but he, he I think he is also going to be rotated a bit in the coming weeks. So uh, it's going to be hard to captain him, I guess. And that's why you have Mane and not Salah, maybe. Yes. Also, his form in the league isn't great, is it? I mean, he's uh, he didn't play against Huddersfield. The four games before that, he blanked. He started the season seemingly on fire. So, yeah, I'd definitely be holding off to after that Champions League fixture to see what happens. It depends, I guess, what the rest of your team is looking like. Because if, um, if if he is, you know, if we think he's going to get minutes against Cardiff, then, you know, he's, clearly that's where he's going to break his duck if that's going to happen. But Klopp's already shown he's willing to rest and rotate. So it's one I'd be a little bit concerned about. In fact, I, I took him out last week because I, I saw that kind of happening against Huddersfield. Yeah, fair. I mean, like if you're moving away from him, then you've got the options of moving up or down, really. I mean, Sterling's probably the, the best option if you can get to that, but it's whether you can get to that price mark. But a lot of people have looked at the performance of Ozil in the last game and have raised him as a option now. What are your thoughts on him? Bully, I'm going to leave you to go with your biased thoughts on Ozil. Mm-hmm. You coming to me first? Yeah. I, I, I was purposely trying to duck this question because <laughs> I, I thought about him, but I thought, no, if I'm thinking Ozil, it, it's rose-tinted spectacles. If you're specifically asking me about Ozil, yeah, he's looked in good form. He was excellent against Leicester. He, we know he's a bully. He always shows up against the, the lesser teams. I generally think he's an option now. I look at City, um, Sterling played tonight, Sane didn't, so I fancy Sane for a start, definitely at the weekend. I, I still think Bernardo Silva's an option in their midfield, and he's the one that's getting all the minutes for City, so if you wanted more coverage of them. Yeah, do I think Mane to Ozil? It's definitely an option. You've got four games in the next, well, three of the next four games, he, he would potentially bully those teams in, so I think it's one to look at. 
uh, for, I have to see him in more than one good game, and I have to yeah. see that he shows up to the other games because he he's, he's got some strange reasons for not turning up the game. So if if he does what he did versus Leicester, or at least starts the next four or five games, he could be something. But uh, it's a bit early for me, and I would much rather go for KDB or something for that amount of money. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he will start versus Spurs, and he, he looks ready. I, I, yeah, I, I think, KDB I think started I tonight against Shakhtar. Ah, he did. Yeah, he, start, yeah. he started and he went off after 60-something, I think. Yeah, with with Ozil, I think he's had a quite a quiet season. I mean, Emery didn't really find the right role for him to start with. and He's now played in that number 10 position and he's amazing. But whether or not he remains consistent is, yeah, I feel like you need to wait for it and you need to wait a few more games to actually rely on Ozil. As a punt, maybe, but I wouldn't take Manny out just yet. I do think he's going to start at the weekend. So, yeah, hopefully he does. I, I also, I think Sterling owners, I know Sterling has started tonight, but I think they can have some confidence in playing against Spurs because... If I was if I was Pep, I would want my my wingers picked, sort of pinning Trippier back, and yeah. whoever's going to play left hand side for Spurs. And I think Sterling's the perfect one to do that because the Tottenham fullbacks notoriously are their their route to goal. And if they know they've got someone Sterling's pace in behind, that might just peg them back a little bit. So I think Sterling tactically will play this one. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Okay, so I'm going to move it on to the next question. So this one's kind of regarding Richarlson, who seems to be a bit of a thorn in our teams at the moment. Uh, Mr. Fish at Te Stonefish has put, is Richarlson playing out of position striker? Not as great as we first thought. And he didn't look great against Palace and also Prashant uh, Tuari has put, is it time to say goodbye to Richarlson? Tough game sandwich in between good home games, but has shown he isn't guaranteed to return even in easy games. Uh, so he's looking for some replacements. Maybe Madison has been lucky with, with his returns or anyone else. So uh, Faith No Moreno had a bit of an input on this and, and said, be patient. And I think I agree. I mean, Marco Silva did confirm that he was working with transforming uh, Richardson to a centre forward. He said he was doing it at Watford and it's even more obvious now why he wanted to sign him for Everton because he's got a little project that he wanted to complete. So he sees something worth pursuing there and I think we do need to be patient with him. United not keeping clean sheets, they're playing United next. Everton got some good home games coming up. They're home against Brighton, Cardiff and Newcastle in the next six. I think he is a hold. I wouldn't necessarily buy, though. Uh, he has got an ownership of 25.5%, but, yeah, not one to get rid of just yet for me. What are your thoughts on that, Stefan? Yeah, I completely agree. You can hold if you've got him, but uh, I wouldn't bring him in at this point. His shots have gone down quite a lot since he's been playing as a centre-forward. I think he had two shots the last two games, one of which he scored on. But the the two games before that, he had something like nine shots. So uh, and, and by the eye test, he's, I think he's struggling a bit with the positioning. I found him to be really deep versus Palace a lot of times, and Siggy were the one that's closer to the, to the Palace goal. So I, I think you should hold because he's, he's not that expensive and he's not, never, never a bad pick, I think. But he, uh, he won't hurt you that much if you don't own him, I think, because he, he's bad at BPS and uh, he needs to uh, attacking returns to get some bonus usually. So usually he will stop at 7-8 points, so it, it, uh, it won't hurt you that much. Yeah, yeah. And Bully? Yeah, I mean, I've got him in my team. I'm, I'm going to stay patient with him. I, I said last week, I like the fact that he's up top. And, and even if he's more effective out on the left, for me, it just confirms he's going to be the one that will start, whether it's on the left or up top. So it, it's a it's a good way into a dynamic Everton front four. Um, I like the addition of Gomez to that midfield. As he grows used to the Premier League, I think that will provide more in the way of service for Richarlison as well as he finds his feet. So... Um, I would actually stick on Richarlison. I agree with the point about not signing. And for those of you that have given up, um, the player I would think about in a similar price bracket would actually would save you 0.8. I'm really liking Scherler at Fulham at the moment. And I'm not just saying that based on the fact that he scored the last two game weeks. He's pretty much, since he got in the team in game week three, he's nearly played 90 minutes every week. He scored four in that time. He's pretty much nailed to start for Fulham, and even if they're not winning games, he's coming up with fairly decent performances. His, so. his goal against Cardiff, wow, top bins. I, I love yeah, that goal. Awesome. Absolute top bins. 
Uh, I, I love that expression as well. Top bins. Why is it, why is it top bins? What makes it top bins? Didn't we have to look that one up? But yeah, I, I, I agree I think with that. It was, well, they, on, on Soccer AM, they have a feature where they put a bin in the top corner of the goal. And, <laughs> and it, yeah, the I'm, expression that come prior to that. Yeah, yes, <laughs> Jimmy Bullard does it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they do do that weekly. But yeah, I think I agree if you're going to go anyone. But the only thing is Fulham aren't the greatest team in the world and you'd be relying on quite a lot there. I think the only one to have there is Mitrovic at the moment. And he's not doing very well. He didn't even get a shot in the last game. So that is a bit worrying because he is currently in my you, team. You don't see Schaller as an option at all? Uh, yeah, no, I do. Uh, I feel like he could be, but it's just he's playing for a bad team and Fulham... They're not doing too good at the moment in terms of stats, and Mitro is not performing as well. Maybe they'll be relying on Schurler. Okay, I, I'm not going for Schurler at this time either. I, I I just don't like to bet on teams that are so in so such such bad form like Fulham. Yeah, um, I don't think they will win many games in the coming weeks. So until yeah. they look better, I will stay away. Yeah, and fair enough. Maybe move, move Mitro on as well. Yeah, I am actually looking to move Mitrovic out soon for Anatovic because that was my my original plan. But we're going to move on to the next question. So there's one from Guy at FPL Planner has put, is it time to get rid of Trips as well as Kane with their relatively tough fixture run? So, Stefan, what are your thoughts on Trippier at the moment? Uh, Trippier is a tricky one, um, as he always is when, when Aurier is fit. When he plays, he, he, he's on set pieces and he's good on the bonus. So I don't think you can go wrong with him really, but you have to have an okay bench. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people saying uh, Spurs aren't playing very well at the moment, and I have been watching them. You know, they're, they're not looking by the eye playing very well. But I did, I thought I'd check out the stats on them. And in the last four, they are third behind City with naught, Wolves with three for big chances conceded with four. They're four for total shots conceded over the last four. But it's shots on target which people notice, and they're the ones which are showing on match of the day. They are ninth worst for shots on target so far in the last four with 18. You kind of don't want that from a premium player. So that's why I think people are thinking, right, let's move away. They've not got great fixtures at the moment, Spurs. And I think it's game week 15, which you kind of need to jump on then. Bully, what are your thoughts on trips? Yeah, I I probably wouldn't move off him just because I think he's, again, eye test. I'm, you've gone through the stats there, Iceman. But in terms of the eye test, um, I still think Spurs will put in performances. They're kind of ticking away. Um, I'm looking at after the City there. You know, they've, they've got Chelsea coming up as well, of course. But yeah. I still think he will, he can produce in those games with the quality that he's got. So um, unless you're going to move to like a Robertson or use that money for Mendy, I wouldn't rush to get him out necessarily. But if you don't have one of those other three high flyers, potentially time to move him on. Can I offer a cheaper alternative as well to the trip here? <laughs> just, for, just for the next few game weeks. I know Watford, we went off the boil a bit with them, but they came up with that clean sheet at the weekend. And actually Hollibas, at least for the next three games... Huddersfield at home, he's then got Newcastle and Southampton, and they look good again at the weekend. Potential for clean sheets there. He leads the league in terms of chances created for a defender with 17. So if you wanted three weeks of a punt on a cheaper player, I I think he could be an option. Yeah, I I like that shout because he's just been suspended and he's just had a a week away. So yeah, I can see that being a good option for the next three if you want to go there. I'm afraid Iceman's piss has arrived early. I'm wiggling around in my seat at the moment. I'm desperate to go. So I'm going to pop away for the, uh, for the Iceman's piss. I'll do the same. Yeah, I'll do the same as well. Dying. Welcome back, Iceman. I think you've exceeded the, the criteria for the Iceman's piss there. We'll say no more about that. Um, Thank you. Next question then. So let's. Uh, we've got FPL Red Eagle, um, who is asking the best attacking option for the coming three game weeks. Now, there's no budget because they are cutting Harry Kane, who um, kept me a brilliant impression of last week. Stefan, let's come to you first. Who is the best attacking option for the next three game weeks, assuming we're talking striker? 
Yeah, um, Aguero is going to have a couple of tough games, so we'll leave him for, for now. So even though he's a bit cheap, I think I would go for Arnie on Outwitch. He has the three, three games which is all winnable. He has the Leicester away, Burnley at home, and Huddersfield away. So he could get uh, three, four goals there, I think, if he, if he, if he can run with his knee. <laughs> Yeah. See, yeah. initially, I I did think that I w- I would just instantly agree with that one, but looking at it and looking kind of at the fixtures coming up for them, Leicester have some really quite easy fixtures, and Vardy, even though he goes for a shit midway through the game, he is still quite a good option. He was very quiet against Arsenal, po- probably possibly due to the illness which he had. It does look quite dangerous at times. I mean, he. Didn't make the runs which he used to against Arsenal. And I'm thinking maybe that Puel system isn't right for him. But he is sorry, still going to be an just, option. You just said Barney went for a shit, didn't have the runs, <laughs> and then you said Puel, and I, I, I didn't hear the It's all I can think of is shit now. Oh, brilliant. Uh, but he could be a, a good option. A lot of people were looking at him, and I was looking at him even on my wild card. I decided to go against it because he's not really an easy fixture guy. He's more of a you know plays well against the bigger teams, and he didn't play well against Arsenal altogether. Vardy. He doesn't seem to be as involved in their play as much as he used to. They used to lump the ball up to him. And it used to be kind of a counter-attacking system, but they do they play it around a little bit more or less there. But he could be a good option with uh, West Ham at home, Cardiff and Burnley at home in the next three. Yeah. Well, budget's not an option for this guy. Show. I guess it depends. If you need to fix other areas of your team, definitely downgrading price-wise is a good option. The first question that we answered earlier, I said Aubameyang if, if you know we were just picking one. I still think... Arsenal going forward look really good. So I think if your team is generally pretty balanced and you just want to be like for like, I would I would actually punt on Aubameyang with the form he's in. If you want to save a bit of money, I think Lacazette's still a really really good option. Uh, you would save a good couple of million downgrading to him, but he's got Palace next. Granted, he's got Liverpool, but I fancy us to score against them. And then he's got Wolves and Bournemouth. So are, you, are you an Arsenal fan by any chance? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I am, I suppose, yeah. No, generally, I think, um, I'm trying to offer something different here because the obvious answer is Aguero, but yeah, yeah I always think the obvious choice, but, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, there's plenty of goals there. Jump on the bandwagon. Mm. Okay, so, uh, Sorry, are you, are you arguing that Anoutovic has got more scoring potential than Lacazette? Uh, in the next three, maybe. Yeah, I think so. He, he was he was quite really? good in the last game against Tottenham. I mean, he, it was only because of Lloris that he has to thank for for blanking this game. He had four great chances, and actually, I did have a quick look at his stats. And I mean, with Yarmolenko out as well, Arnie needs to step up more now as well. So it even means he's going to be more of a talisman than he, than he previously was. He's had six shots on target in the last four as well. So yeah, I I would say that. Army is definitely a great option at the moment. Where is the supply yeah. coming from for him, though? Because Lanzini's out, Henderson's out, Wiltshire's <laughs> gone, Yarmolenko's gone. Who is setting this guy up? Felipe. Snodgrass. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's third behind Kane and Aguero over the last four shots on target. Yeah, he's got one more than Salah over the four game weeks as well. So, yeah, he is still getting some good stats. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing about Arsenal and Lacazette mm-hmm. is the fixture, fixtures are, are tricky. Crystal yeah. Palace away is, is a tricky fixture, fixture. And uh, Liverpool and then Wolves. So all, all teams that are pretty good defensively. So yeah. that's the reason. All, not all, I'm, all I'm thinking here, if Man City win 10 games on the bounce and Lacazette plays for him, it's a no-brainer. Um, I, I think we're all just waiting for Arsenal to fail. Um, you make a good point, I think, Steph, and absolutely. They are tricky fixtures, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're going to move on now. So we've got a few quick questions here, and uh, we want to kind of keep this short, uh, podcast a little bit shorter than it was last one, an hour and a half last one. So, so we'll call this the lightning round. Answer these ones as quickly as possible. So we've got one here from Guy at FPL underscore planet. He's saying, keep Milner or upgrade to Salah. No brainer there, surely. Stefan? Yeah, Salah. Salah. Bully. 
no, no, hold on, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know where he's going to find the, the seven million, whatever it's going to cost. You to do it, but yes, yeah, do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we've got one here. Uh, Alfred Askvig has put: Is Lamella worth a punt, or should we wait until game week fifteen when the fixtures get? get better I mean the fans love Lamella he's a little bit mad and he just goes for everything skillful um, if you only could count on him starting every week though but I, I wouldn't go there opinions guys if he plays every game up till game week 15 I will maybe consider him <laughs> bully <laughs> bully yeah that's my feeling as well it's just his it's just his minutes He's. I think that's the first game he started against uh, against West Ham uh, be interesting to see what their Champions League lineup is, but probably I would say there's more nailed players that will play in front of him over the next few weeks. Yeah, true. Right, so we've got one here. Uh, Knight in rusty armour has put: uh, Is there a chip that takes you back to game week one and start over? No, there is not. Rusty armour. So I'm afraid you're out of luck there. And uh, we've got one here, Jeffrey Jebakuma. Uh, Definitely haven't said that right. Which combo is better? Mendy and Allison or Robertson and Edison? And Stefan, which one is better? Mendy and Allison for me. And Bully? Mm. Okay, so in terms of what Stefan said there, I think person, player for player, he's right. However, I would suggest that where there's more available to you in the Liverpool midfield, if you were spreading, if you wanted three of each team, the other option actually works best. So having Edison as a goalkeeper, Robertson as a defender, I think you could go with like two Liverpool midfielders or one of their strikers. Whereas I don't see that with City because of their rotation. Person for person, Stefan's option, but I think in terms of spreading players around the team, the second one. I think I agree with you, Billy. Uh, I would go for the Robertson Edison one. He's still producing good numbers, Robertson, and seems to be nailed aware as Mendy has still got that rotation hanging over him a little bit more than Robertson, in my opinion. Okay, so we've got one, another one here. Adam Gearing has put, if you boys could do a top 15 rundown this week, that would be great. So he's obviously in the top 15. Uh, I can make that happen. Uh, and uh, in 50th place, we've got Blood, Sweat and Gears. Adam Gearing, good job. <laughs> 53 points this game week on 614 points. Well, I don't know. He's, he's just looking forward to the pod. So I did answer a previous question earlier. I answered that one. So uh, another one here for at Slimbrick24 has put Snodgrass worth looking at with Yarmolenko done. Nice price and fixtures. Thoughts on him, Stefan? If you're on the wildcard and you are planning on having a 5 million-ish player that you're going to bench a bunch of weeks, it's not the worst idea in the world because let them have a lot of good features. So it yeah, may work. It is, may work. It is a punt, isn't it? It's it's risky. Yeah. Bully? Yeah, I mean, no, he played 90 against Tottenham, didn't he? Um, if we're assuming Arnautovic is going to score the goals that you two are indicating, then to be fair, there's not that many players in that four to five million price bracket, that is 5.3, who are going to play in an attacking role and potentially get some assists just purely with the lack of players that West Ham have. So if you want a West Ham player at that price, he's not a bad rotation option in the side. Yep, fair. So another one here is Asset Seth has put, please suggest a midfielder in a price bracket between five to seven who's got good form and fixtures. I want to I've get got one. I've got one. I want to get rid of Lucas Mora. Thanks. Go on, Billy. Uh, Robert Snodgrass. Five <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I got to step in on this one first. Stephen, so I have a better Stephen. Answer, <laughs> uh, you go first. I, I'm I'm looking at this. This is hard. Five, five to seven. Yeah. So I mean, I suppose if even Sherlock, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, like yeah, uh, what maybe Sherlock. What have got some good fixtures coming up? Pereira, maybe a good one to go for. I mean, there's a few options. You've still got Frazier, who's probably the best value. There are a few options there to go for. So it's just which, reckon, which one you like the can best. Can we use this question just to discuss a player who I don't think is going to come up otherwise? Yeah, go ahead. It, he will be the bandwagon of the week, given the last two games. We spoke before the pod about Anthony Martial. Now, if oh, you stretch yeah. the question to 5 million to 7.3, Martial becomes an option, owned by 2.4% of players, um, three goals in his last two games, and an assist. Now, I started the last three games, uh, but also played in the Champions League tonight as well. 
potential rotation risk. However, looked pretty sharp against Chelsea with those finishes, and he is a highly transferred in player this week. So I'm interested to see what your two views are on him, Stefan. Um, I, I have a hard time predicting what Mourinho is going to start. So even if Martial has played the last couple of games and played in the Champions League today, yeah, he scored three goals from three shots, I think. So. And he might become, uh, he might be benched again from Mourinho if he have one bad match. So uh, I'm not sold on Martial, but I guess he could do, he could do well, of course. But I'm not convinced. Yeah, I, I think I'm very much in the same boat on that. I don't think you can trust Jose. I mean, like, how long is Sanchez going to be out of the team for? And also, I did have a quick look at the stats on this one. He's got four shots in the last three, and that's produced three goals as well. I mean, I, I feel like there's there's a bit of uh, positivity around United now. They did all right in the last game against Chelsea, but Martial's XG for each goal in the last game was 0.13 and 0.08, which are both very low. So, yeah, I do think there's an element of luck with that. You know, he got a little bit lucky with the deflective first that fell to him. So, yeah, not not for me. Okay, so uh, going to move to the last question now. Adam uh, P at three five who has put FPL related Mane knockout Ings. Who has to go first, or all three for a minus four hit? Stefan. Uh, I think Nockard has to go because he uh, he got benched for tactical reasons and with Izquierdo back, I, I'm i not really sure um, if you can trust him starting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. Bully, are you agreement? Yeah, and that their club record signing, who I can never pronounce his name, but is playing regularly on the other side now and I think they'll probably commit to him. Nockard isn't really returning in the way that we would have hoped back at the start of the season. And we've just named a whole host of players in his price bracket who probably offer a bit more. So I would say he would be the one. Ings has got Newcastle at home next. And we said about Mane, if he, if, as long as he's going to play against Cardiff, he's not one to move out. So yeah, um, I would say not cut. Fair. You also had a non-FPL question, which I've allowed this back into the pod somehow. He's put, how does the process of courting work in Icelandia? Yes! What's, what's the typical <laughs> yeah, yeah. first date? So, Bully, how would you like to answer that particular question? You want me to tell about Icelandia? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the reins. Uh, well, of course, uh, I can only comment on how you met your, your good lady. Um, so it was, uh, you, you took her out for a nice, uh, walk in the, the snow. Um, and you, um, do you know what? I don't know where to go. With exactly. That. How am I supposed <laughs> to answer questions like well, that? I said, come from there, do you know what? <laughs> Let's just say it's, uh, it's not beard related. Okay. That's, I don't think, actually, no, I'm not going down that route either. <laughs> Okay, that was, that's the end of the Twitter questions. Thank you very much, everyone. I really enjoyed this episode. Right. So, to sum up that conversation, um, everything we've just said. So, captains <laughs> and transfers, chaps. Uh, first of all, Stefan. So, who is your transfer going to be this week? Who's your skipper? Uh, transfer is going to be either uh, Ricardo Pereira to Mendy or Mitrovic to Arnautovic. Uh, most likely it's going to be the first one, but uh, we'll have to have to think it over until the end of the week. And uh, and my captain is uh, is Salah. I don't think you can do much else this week. Iceman. Uh, yeah, my my captain is also going to be Salah. Um, I think the stats are, are way behind him. I just think that he is going to score big against Cardiff. I uh, just hope that he's going to start. Uh, the other option would be uh, Hazard against Burnley who could score big there as well. But my transfer will only be regarding uh, Alexander-Arnold and whether or not I go down to like a 4.5 like Duffy or a Yedlin, something like that, or I just move it to another Liverpool defender and I risk the likes of Lovren or or Gomez. I'm very undecided on that. Yeah, um, in terms of my transfer, so the one... I'm actually thinking of rolling the transfer because the, the player I'm looking to take out is actually Lucas Mora. I'm again my tether with him now. Um, and we've talked about a whole host of players, 7 million and under, Martial as an option. The, the two I've been looking at are Scherler or Martial to bring in. I might actually roll the transfer next week 
and um, make a couple of other tinkers to my team and try and bring a slightly higher price player into midfield and take some value out of my defence. The other one is about upgrading Danny Ying. So it's very much watch the space. My captain, I don't have Salah. So I either go what I think will be safe is on Aguero because he hasn't played against in the Champions League tonight. I spend it was Champions League tonight. Um, it will either be him, Lacazette, or I really fancy Hazard against Burnley. I believe we do some serious damage there. I think my yeah. gut is taking me towards Hazard. Fair enough. So, that's fine. Great. Uh, yeah. Speechless. <laughs> Absolutely speechless. So, um, Iceman, any any feedback? Yeah, I was just going to quickly list. I actually think I'm going to do uh, an iTunes review one. So we've got one here from Mole Downey, FPL Perk, has put quality guys, great guests. Last time the guy said it would be 1-0 to Spurs and dire to score, and it was. I will listen to everyone from now, like Bully and the, uh, the Iceman. Awesome pod, best round for FPL. So thank you, Mole Downey. Yeah, but awesome. yeah, it was, uh, it was David who predicted the, uh, 1-0 Spurs and that dire would score. So. Well, David. To me, Dyer will never do anything better than that challenge on Sergio Ramos against Spain. Oh, it was so brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I love that. He had to win that challenge as well. It was completely necessary. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, great feedback. Thank you once again. Iceman, I think it's time for some sexy thoughts. There is sexy thoughts this week. Right, and here is sexy thoughts. FPL sexy with sexy thoughts. This week's sexy thought. Goes out to Quindow Saltwater Rice Research and Development Company, who over in Dubai have figured out how to grow 7.8 tonnes per hectare of rice off saltwater to uh, keep the Arab countries fed, the whole Arab nations fed if we need it. I think that's a great, great development. Also, hazard blanking, because I'm the only person in FPL that doesn't have him. Ew. And yes, he is definitely the only person that does not have Hazard. I, I feel like I learn something new every time I hear this feature, Iceman. I know, me too. He's, uh, he's very wise. Very wise man out of the world, although not having Hazard, not so much. Yeah, not wise. Brett, do whatever you need to get that man in your team. <laughs> okay, so more sexy thoughts next week. And that brings us to the end of another fancy football episode. It should be FBL surgery. It <laughs> hasn't. 107 episodes. 103 of them, I could say, fancy football. I can't anymore. And it's making me look a right clown. So I will, I will continue. So that brings another episode of the FPL surgery to the end. Um, I want to thank our very, very patient guest, Stefan, for joining us. We've had countless problems with my microphone tonight and all sorts going on but you've been a brilliant guest thank you so much for your patience yeah thank you sir thanks uh, thanks for having me yeah and i'm sure the listeners will be really grateful for your your input some really good suggestions there um, and we can see clearly why you're you're flying high again if if people want to sort of ask you things or follow what you're doing how can they do that uh, you could follow me on Twitter uh, at uh, Haugsrud that's my handle it's in it, it, it's in the tweet <laughs> it's a uh, it's easy to forget it that way. We, we, um, we will tweet it out and people can just click and follow you and uh, badger you with the questions on there. I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast yeah. again, but uh, I know you've done this in the early hours all the way from Norway, so thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, Iceman, it's that time again uh, for you to give our, our listeners the, your wisdom leading into the game week. What have you got for them? I'm, I'm going to turn it around and ask you if you've got any wisdom for our listeners. How do you like those well, apples? Hey, well, I'm just trying to think where to pluck from. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe empower yourself um, and have a little think about um, our, our drive to make people more aware of mental health. Go to Twitter and follow Finding Extra Time. Listen to our, our first episode where we talk about all things men's mental health with the general. We've received some really good feedback and we're looking forward to uh, recording the next episode in the coming weeks. It's an exciting project. Looking forward to that. And my advice, my wisdom is look after yourselves. Yes, at uh, find extra time on Twitter. Yeah, I thought I responded pretty well considering I was put on the spot there. Yeah, you, did, yeah, you, did. you literally have a week to prepare for that question. <laughs> um, with that said, if you want to get involved with the uh, FPL surgery, you can do it in a number of ways. So we have our website, FPL Surgery. 
you can email us uh, info at fplsurgery.com complaints uh, queries questions um, praise and negative feedback all gratefully received you can find us on facebook soundcloud and on reddit up the pod on there you can join our mini league 225-369 as I said at the start of the pod if you would like to help keep the pod going and helping us to grow uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery get involved with the fun on there and a chance to win some great prizes um, and of course you'll be listening to this on, on SoundCloud or iTunes as I've mentioned so lots of ways to stay involved with us Twitter is where we do most of our work so uh, at FPL Surgery send us your questions respond with feedback to the pod look out for our random tweets on there so just generally get involved with our contribution to the FPL community and in a week where Richarlison was renamed Rick Charles's son <laughs> we want to say good luck in your game week thanks for listening we look forward to the next one up the pod up the pod hey mm. 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 <laughs> You take <laughs>